0: Bienvenidos a How Leaders Lead. Yo soy Kula Callahan. Estoy trayendo otro episodio de Three More Questions con David Novak. David, ¿cómo estás hoy? Estoy tan enlegro de que estar contigo hoy.
1: Well, what Kula is trying to tell you is today we're taking a deeper dive into my conversation with Liz Elting, former CEO of TransPerfect, a language translation company. See her sense of humor that grew to over a billion dollars.
0: (laughs) Well, David, like Liz, I, too, spent some time in Spain during college and learned to speak Spanish. And she shares in the episode that she feels like she's in another place when she's speaking Spanish. And I kind of do, too. Even though I'm sitting here in Nashville, Tennessee, recording this podcast episode, speaking a different language really does Help me feel connected to other cultures, and it's really fun to speak it whenever I can.
1: I thought I was in a different place, too, when you started riffing <laughs> like that.
0: Well, we've got some fun questions for you today, David. Like you said, Liz built TransPerfect to over a billion-dollar company, and she did it with a lot of grit and a bias towards action. So today's questions are going to revolve around those topics. Are you ready for them? See. <laughs> Question number one, Liz started TransPerfect out of her NYU Business School dorm room with her co-founder and just about $5,000 in the bank. In the episode, you ask what she focused on first as she scaled and grew the business. And she said that the first thing she really focused on was having her entire team be laser focused on selling every day. They wanted to have the largest sales team in the industry by design, so they really put effort behind selling. David, for leaders trying to scale their business, what else should they be focusing on other than just selling every day?
1: I think the biggest thing you need to scale are the big ideas that have the broadest application. So when you find a really good idea that can be broadly applied, then you scale that by communicating it and cascading it across your organization. And you know when you can get people executing the best practices that you find in your organization, then you're always going to get better results.
0: Question number two. One of the challenges Liz faced early on as she was scaling was burnout from her team. She realized that while they were laser focused on their sales team, they were asking entirely too much from their employees. So then they thought that giving their sales team a raise would solve the frustrations, but of course it didn't. David, what are other ways leaders can reward their hardworking team in a time that demands maybe more than normal of their employees?
1: Well, there are two reasons, Kula, why people leave organizations. One, they don't get along with their boss. And two, they don't feel appreciated. And both of those are very tied to each other. Number one, I think as a leader, you need to create an organization where you tell your people and you convince your people and show your people the power of them being a coach versus a boss. People don't want to work for bosses. Telling isn't selling. People want to work for, for coaches who help you become the best you can be. And coaches know that their success is dependent on the people that work for them, and they help them achieve their goals. And having them achieve their goals is just as meaningful to them as fulfilling your own goals. The second thing is, is that once you take on a coaching mentality, you're much more empathetic, and then it's much easier for you to recognize the hard work that's being put in, in place. And saying thank you and showing appreciation for the people who are really getting it done. You know, people say they value recognition as much as they value money. I don't know that I would go that far. But I would say that if you pay people competitively, if you recognize them for the work that they do, it will become a competitive advantage. So I think the, the biggest thing you can do is create a coaching organization where people recognize people that are doing the tough stuff that needs to be done to get great results.
0: I love that so much, David. So many folks think that money will solve their people problems, and it's just not true. And you've been preaching this recognition culture for years and years, and a lot of folks just think that it's soft and fluffy and cute to recognize folks. But when you really measure it as a competitive advantage for your workplace, it can make a big difference in retention.
1: Well, it is the soft stuff, Kula, but I always say it's the soft stuff that drives hard results. And I can prove that in many, many different ways uh, just by looking at the organizations that have a culture where people know that they matter and know that they count. Those are always the best, best companies, the best teams that get the best results.
0: Question number three. An insight Liz shared that I loved was this. She said, to grow your team, you have to bring in the best talent and then get out of their way. Now, she was referring specifically to her sales team, but I think leaders of all kinds can learn from this. David, talk to me about what it looks like to get out of your people's way. What kind of balance do leaders need to have between instructing people on what to do and then setting them loose to go and do it?
1: Well, I think it's a two-part equation. Number one, You have to recognize that autonomy is earned right. As a person that works for somebody else, you have to do the job. You have to show people that you're capable of doing the job. You have the capabilities to do the job and that it'll get done right. And once you have demonstrated that, then I think it's the leader's job to get out of the way and let that person do the job without meddling. So many times people think they have to justify their job by showing the person that's doing the job that they know how to do the job at least as well or better than them. And that's just wasted energy. Get out of their way. Let them do the job and you focus on your job and think about what you need to do to help your team grow, help the organization grow and take it to the next level. You know, another good analogy on this is like uh, when you're teaching your kid how to ride a bike. First of all, they get on a bicycle with training wheels. Now you don't let your kid go off and ride that bike and crash until you know that they've ridden that bike with the training wheels enough and that you're going right alongside them and you let them go when you see them going about 10 yards, 15 yards, and then you let them fly like a bird, okay? because they have demonstrated the capability, they're prepared to fly, they're prepared to ride that bike. But you sure as hell don't let somebody go crash, particularly if it's a kid that you
0: love. Hopefully you do love your children. Oh, I hope so too, Kula. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few things more frustrated than being micromanaged in your job. And so I love what you said, that autonomy isn't earned right. I think leaders everywhere can take that insight to heart and understand the people on their team who have earned the right to be autonomous and then get out of their way so they can go out and do the job.
1: You know, one of the things I hate, Kula, cool is this word empowerment. I just hate it when people say, I want to be empowered. I just think that's BS, okay? Autonomy is earned right. I will empower you once I know you're capable of doing the job. But don't ask me to empower you before you've demonstrated that.
0: Well, that does it for today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well.
1: And speaking of great leaders, tune in this Thursday for my conversation with Mike White, the former chairman and CEO of DirecTV. I worked with Mike when he was the CFO of PepsiCo, the president of PepsiCo International, and he is a great executive.